Good evening, Patriots. And tonight is Monday, August 7th in the year 2023. So it's a good time. It's all awesome. So, oh my goodness, my mic is causing problems tonight. Hang on just a second. It's decided to become a drippy mic. So just a second here. All right. Now we're fixed. Weird. Okay. So anyway, I'm just going to kind of let the Holy Spirit work through. I just had a fantastic call tonight with um, a friend of mine down at Glad Tidings Church. And we were just talking about one of the best topics ever to talk about, which is Jesus. And it's John Tade, who's the principal of the church at the K through 12 church at Glad Tidings. And he's a, I don't, for those of you that were at Bard's Fest, I don't know if you met him or not. He's a big man, big hands, Marine guy. Looks like he could take most of these soy boys and just like with a pinky break them like a toothpick, but has the heart of an absolute teddy bear. And he's, yet he's like a, he's also got the heart of a lion shepherd for all of his kids there. So it's really awesome. So we're just going to kind of see where tonight's discussion is going to go because it's going to center around. Operation Vineyard, I will guarantee you at the end of this. One thing right to start off with, and I'm going to really encourage you to check out MyPillow.com right now. They have got an amazing promotion going on, so let me let Mike Lindell tell you all about it. Over the last 20 years, with all your support, we've been able to not only launch the original MyPillow, but also the MyPillow mattress topper, Giza Dream bed sheets, my slippers, and the MyPillow bath towels. But there's so much more. In fact, we have over 200 products, and I'm so confident that you'll love each and every one of them, that when you go to MyPillow.com now, you'll immediately receive a free gift valued at $20 just for checking out the website. No purchase necessary. Get everything from my pillow blankets, sleepwear, kitchen towels, mattresses, duvets, pet beds, body pillows, comforters, couch pillows, bathrobes, and so much more. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get deep discounts on all my pillow products. And remember, just for checking out mypillow.com, you'll immediately receive a free gift valued at $20. No no purchase necessary. This is a limited time promotion, so go to MyPillow.com now. Yeah, MyPillow.com forward slash bars. This promotion's awesome. Don't don't walk away from it. And there's no strings attached here. So head on over, do MyPillow.com forward slash bars. You may have to put in your email or something. I don't know. But then what you're going to do is use your, your, remember, your promo code is bars, B-A-R-D-S. You got a free gift, and then there's all sorts of incredible savings going on right now. So it's such a good company, and they've been around and doing great stuff and fighting for this nation in a fantastic way. So, again, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards, and take advantage of the free gift. It's really awesome. So I'm just sitting here reflecting tonight on just where we have been going and what we have been doing in the last 12 weeks. And it's pretty amazing because it's been about that time since we started our Friday prayer, which is now Saturday morning prayer. And in that last 12 or so weeks, we've also had a Bards Fest. And we're gearing up to have another, and that's going to have some announcements on it later this week. So be ready for that. And I'll, I'll put it as a show, so we're going to talk all about that. So these are just the sorts of things that as I'm reflecting on tonight and just realizing just 
all that's happened. So let, let's just kind of do a review and a recap tonight, because I think it's worthy and necessary at times that we, we really honor where God's taken us. So it was about 12 weeks ago, roughly, which would be roughly three months ago, that we started doing our prayers. And it might have been it might have even been four months ago, so it could be like sixteen or twenty weeks ago. But we're, yeah, I'm. It's not that long that we were doing started our prayer Fridays, and I'm just going to tell you a backstory on this because God led me to start doing prayers on Friday, for the show, which is now like we said that Friday show is now Saturday morning, which is just a great time to have it. And I remember picking up the phone to Brad Cummings, and I'm like, all right, this is kind of a new space for me because we haven't. I mean, we're talking about praying to heal. So any suggestions? And he's just like, no. Why don't you just do it? I said, okay. So why don't we just do it? And I mean, this is the way I'm wired, just so you know. I'm like, if I get a challenge like that, I'm like, all right, game on. I don't know what I'm doing necessarily. But I know that if the Holy Spirit's leading it and we're going to attack demons, those all sound good to me. So let's go at it and let's start making people, let's start healing people. And from that, from that point, we've just had miracle after miracle. And I think it was probably, I think if we look back on some of the early ones, and by the way, we are going to put together some sort of a composite of all of these like prayers and prayers answered. And, and I know that we're going to get that done hopefully this year. I mean, what's going to be for this year so we can start to really see that direct action, like here's your prayer, here's your, here's your report on it. And we do have that inventory. But I mean, these are just amazing events that have happened. You know, we have, we've prayed for people for cancer. And, we're, and even in our prayers, we're like, let the doctors be shocked. And so we get these reports back that I went in for my physical to check up on my cancer. The, the doctors don't know what to say. The cancer is all gone. Pretty significant. You know, we've had people that are, we had a, a, a father that was told that he was going to be, he had 10 days to live. So we said that isn't going to happen, and we prayed on it. And he's happy and doing well and healing. We had a mother-in-law. I'm sorry, it was a mother of a daughter that was, she had already lost her father. And we had asked to pray for the mother because she was in the hospital. She looked terminal. They didn't know if she was going to make it. And the wedding, this girl's wedding was in June. So we prayed on it. And she was on a ventilator and all this. And literally within 10 days they had, or less, they found the problem, which was a bowel obstruction. They did the quick surgery. And they, she had the ventilator out and was working and talking. And the first thing she started doing is planning for the wedding. And to all of my best knowledge, everything went well. We had somebody's cousin jump into a, a pond and broke his neck. And we prayed and said, that isn't going to happen. And we declared healing. And an hour later, and this person had lost all feeling from their neck down. And an hour later, they had all their feeling in their body restored, and they were moving, able to move their hands and feet. So I, I'm, this, is, this is really significant. And I, I'm wanting to honor these things tonight and praise our, praise our God for this because this is what we're supposed to be doing. 
And it just fires me up. I mean, this is literally like, this is what our mission is here in the end of the day. I mean, spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, love thy neighbor, heal the sick and broken, raise the dead, cast out demons, and then do that other thing called greater works than he. And I don't know what that is, but every day I go out there, I'm like, Lord, I don't know what that is, but we're doing it. We're going to reach for it. And I think the biggest thing about this whole story here for me is I'm telling this to you as a way of remembering this, this. I walked into this thing. I'm not an expert at healing. I I hadn't done prayer healing. So I just did it. And it was like Brad going like, you know, like, what do you do? How do we do this? He's like, just do it. Use your authorities and do it. All right. And I had somebody write me the other day and ask for like, they were confused. They're like, I'm in a church and they're, they're saying that we no longer have the authorities to do these things that only apostles do. And I, you know, I really want to go up and find out who's saying that and just shake them. And, I, and this is what the problem is with the churches, is the churches are shutting people down. And if you're shutting people down and not letting them do their work, if you're not letting the churches do what God intended, then we're going to end up with an abomination, which is exactly what is happening. And then people are disempowered. So, I mean, just, just, consider, just consider how easy it is to set up pharmakia, which is black magic witchcraft for medicine. And all they had to do was convince the churches not to heal. So this is Ezekiel 34. I've read it before, but it's so appropriate tonight. I want to read this because it's so powerful. I'm going to read the beginning at 34.1. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Actually, I'm going to switch this over. Um, Let me see if this is... I'm going to switch this to Amplified, so stand by a minute, because I want to do Amplified version. This was it's really good in Amplified. Okay, so here we go. So, the, and the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, prophecy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophecy and say to them, the spiritual shepherds. Thus says the Lord God, Woe, judgment is coming to the spiritual shepherds of Israel who have been feeding themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? You eat the fat, the choicest of meat, and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the best of the livestock, but you do not feed the flock. You have not strengthened those who are weak. You have not healed the sick. You have not bandaged the crippled. You have not brought back those gone astray. You have not looked for the lost, but you have but you have ruled with them through them by force and violence. They were scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for the predators of the field. My flock wandered through the mountains and on every high hill. My flock was scattered over the face of the earth and no one searched or sought them. Therefore, you spiritual shepherds, hear the word of the Lord As I live, says the Lord God, certainly because my flock has become prey, my flock has even become food for every predator of the field of the lack of shepherd, for the lack of shepherd, and my shepherds did not search for my flock, but rather the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, you spiritual shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, behold, I am against the shepherds, 
and I will and will demand my flock from them and make them stop tending the flock so that the shepherds cannot feed themselves anymore. I will rescue my flock from the mouth so that they will not be food for them. Man, that's fantastic. And what's so powerful about this is where God says this is such a big deal. They did not, they had, they, you have not healed the sick. Do you realize that, I mean, we know that some of the basic commissions of life, love thy neighbor, spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, heal the sick and broken, raise the dead, cast out demons and do greater works than he. Straight up, that's the short list. And the greater works than he is the open-ended part that everyone should be racing for at some point to see how far we can go. And so here in Bars Nation, every Saturday, we are addressing one of the tenets that God says that every shepherd must have. So I'm encouraging you here. This is not like on fire, like, this is like, this is on fire for the love of Jesus because I'm encouraging you. Man, take this into the world. Take this into the world and go out and light the fires of healing. Pray for it. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. Don't be afraid. Like I said, I didn't know what I was doing when I started that 16 weeks or so ago. But I know now that as we've moved forward on Saturdays, here's another testimony, and it happened last Saturday, and it's just I've been sharing this, and I shared this with Dr. Merritt over the weekend, and her eyes just kind of got big. I mean, I was like, this, this was from our, from JCUK, one of our great followers from UK. And her friend was out on one of the islands. I'm going to say Bahamas. I was probably wrong on that, but anyway. And he was scuba diving or snorkeling, one of the two. It doesn't matter. He's underwater. Came up and a boat ran him over and the propeller broke his pelvis and tore up his insides. He was in the ICU, and there was some real concerns of whether he was going to live. So we prayed. We prayed intensely. I will tell you myself, I had tears just flowing down my face. One week later, this was last Saturday, while we're praying, we get the praise report. He's awake, alert, excited about life, and flying home to Illinois. Now, he still has recovery. There's no question about it. When I told Dr. Merritt that, she just kind of, her eyes just got big. She's like, oh, my gosh. So, see, this is, a, what, this is how we win at the core of this. This is wielding the sword of the Spirit mightily. And we have to be excited about this because this is the commission we have on life. It's a fantastic commission. You know, I'm just looking back at the whole thing with, Bart's vest and and where things are going and just the power of where God leads us. And this has really been on fire this year for raising up the hearts, the warrior hearts of Christ. And it was after Bart's fest that the commission of Project Vineyard was put upon us. And I will tell you that's going to shape everything going forward, including this next Bart's fest. There's some big, big announcements coming up this week, so I'll let you know. Just have a few details to work out. But in the process of this, this was somewhere in between there. We are, I think it's, I hope I say her name right, Mila, Mila, Mila. I say Mila. She's from Chile. She's great. She's, she's in our afternoon chat. Sometimes she pops in at night, but she's usually in bed by now. 
So she wanted to have a Bart's Fest. And I'm like, cool, let's do it. And God nudges me. He's like, okay, you got to go to Chile. And, and you should know me by now. I'd be like, all right, Lord. Okay, I'll plan on going to Chile. Cool. So we uh, we kind of go through our Bart's Fest and come through around. And then, so I, I'm asking Lord, I'm like, Lord, can you just please tell me, like, why Chile's so important? I'm just curious. And it was a little while later, this video comes into my holding. And this short clip on child sacrifices in the Inca Empire. And it makes a reference in the video specifically to the fact it's, it happened in southern Peru and northern Chile. Now, Mila's in northern Chile. So I sent it over to her. And I said, what do you think about this? She goes, oh, yeah, that's real. Matter of fact, just a quarter mile from our village, a witch killed five kids a little while ago. It was like 50 years ago, and everybody still remembers it, and she did it in the same way that the Incas did it, and she did it for the spiritual power. I'm like, oh, Lord, you've got us going to the hub of darkness. Oh, this is game on. I'm like, right on. So, so then I'm praying on it, and and uh, I'm like, okay. So Brad, asked, Brad Cummings asked me, he's like, okay, so what is... Your mission, if you ask the Lord what your mission is, I said, I don't know yet. I'm going to work on it. I haven't, got a, I haven't got that far yet. So I'm praying on it, and Lord nudges me, and he's like, and I'm having a conversation with somebody, which is usually how stuff happens. Like, I'll be talking, and I've been praying on it, and all of a sudden, blurp, something comes out of my mouth, and I'm like, oh, that was the Holy Spirit slipping that one in there so I would hear it. So, And I, the words came out, we're going to plant a church. So I'm like, all right, Lord going to plant a church. So I didn't, I haven't said anything here yet. And then Mila writes me and she goes, I'd, I've been praying on it. And the Lord has shown me what we're doing here. We're going to plant a church. <laughs> and I'm like, this is awesome. Confirmation. We're in sync here. And then she says, and the place that we need for a church just came available. It's a little village across the street. Now I'm just going to tell you openly, we are going to, I am going to put out We've already got it set up. I'm not going to launch it tonight. I've got some reasons for not. But we're going to start raising money. It's $17,000 we're going to raise to buy this place so that we have a, the first Bards Nation church at the hub, think about this, at the beginning point of where child, sex, child sacrifice was happening throughout the entire South America. We're going to take this place back. It's going to be like a true war. So I'm like, all right, well, Lord, that's, that's pretty awesome. And I'm starting to see it happen. And, and uh, so if you were at Bards Fest, you'll know that Colonel Pete Chambers was there. And I'm telling Pete about it. He goes, you know, and Todd Callender, so if you know him, he's the attorney. We had him on the show. He's the one that has been, if you've been following his work, he's been setting up Nuremberg 2.0 for these lizard heads that have been trying to kill everybody with a shot. And lo and behold, he, one of his companies he's with has been, I guess they own the port in Chile. That's like the shipping port. I'm like, well, that's pretty wild. And so 
I reach out to Todd. I tell him the story about the church. Todd comes back, tells me the whole story. And he's like, Scott, you let us know anything we can help you do down here. Todd's a great Christian. He's like, we're going to help you make that happen. So we're in discussion. I'll tell you more about that as it evolves. That's all God working. Those are random events. I just want you to think about the random events of things, the way God brings things together. So I'm on this phone tonight with, with this phone call with John Tade. And as we're talking about things, I just mentioned because he has a hip problem like I did. He's got a, he had an IT band issue, and he was limping around, and I was limping around. I'm not limping anymore, by the way. So I'm telling him about the carnivore diet. I said, have you heard about it? He goes, well, yeah, interestingly, somebody just talked to me about it the other day, and I was praying on it, and I asked the Lord for confirmation, and here you are right after my prayer telling me about the carnivore diet. I said, well, I guess that's confirmation. See, God's working and bringing things together, and there's an urgency right now. And it's really pretty simple. It's like you got to get on board with the Jesus train. And it's important. And I, and I know that, at least I will hope, that everybody that's here has already accepted Jesus. But if you're on the fence, look, man, door's wide open. Let's accept Christ. Let's get on board. Accept Jesus and fire it up because there's no time to waste. And it's a wonderful, wonderful time to be alive in this. But we're really heading into this pretty incredible moment. Now, you remember the story I told you last night? I've really prayed on it a lot because the way it flowed out last night on Peace Be Still was a pretty amazing connection of understanding of things. And part of that understanding was to realize that we're pretty much, as I am hearing where the Lord has taken this, we're coming to a point now where there is effectively an Exodus 2.0 happening. And I, and I remember saying this a number of years ago, and people were like, you can't say that. It's, it's not biblical. I'm like, well, um, God told me to say it, so I don't really know what the problem is here. Because I'm going to say it because it was put on my heart because God nudged me to say it, so I'm going to say it. And if you don't like it, then I'm sorry. Take it up with God. And then I used this other term, which I haven't used for much for a while, but it was this was a lot of the conversations I was in a few years ago. And it was, this is like four or five years ago. I'd used the term bifurcation. I still use it once in a while. But it was a big part of what I was talking about then is that we're coming into a divide, that there's literally like two worlds that are going to be dividing. And to keep in mind, this was long before COVID. This was 2018. We didn't have the horizon, the event horizon on our, on our sites of 2020 and 2021 with COVIDCon. And here God's talking to me about Exodus 2.0 and bifurcation. And I'm like, I don't, okay, Lord, you know, because bifurcation, if you know the term, the way it's typically talked about, it's used a lot by the New Age community and talking about like the, and I even talked about it, like the, 3D world and the 4 and 5D world, and there's dividing, and there's going to be one way going in the 3D world, and there's going to be another way going in the higher understanding of things, a higher vibration of love. And then there's this other thing where you're going to be have this world of scarcity, that's 3D world. And I'm like, okay, got it. You know, we talked a lot about it, and people didn't always weren't always comfortable with me talking about it because that's not what Jesus said. And I'm like, all right, look, I got it. But here's the deal. I want you to take a breath a minute, everybody. Think about where we are. And this, again, is just responding to the word of God. We are in a split right now in this world. It is bifurcated. Those that are living in that world of what we'll call the COVID convaxed, 
are in this place of wanting UBIs, wanting to live in a meta world, wanting, needing, expecting things to be given to them and accepting rationing critical things, scarcity. These are all the models of, of the envir environmental movement. They're willing to sacrifice their food, eat less, go without eating, live in smaller things. That's the world of scarcity. And remember, the millennials, the, this new ager stuff, not millennials, new ager stuff had it, but they missed something in all this new age junk that they do. They missed the most important thing, Jesus, which is salvation through Christ, accepting Christ in your heart, walking with Jesus, and in doing so, you're elevating, elevating yourself up into the walk of kingdom. You're not of this world. But if we look at where we are right now, there is literally a group of people that by that discussion of bifurcation are living in a world of scarcity and accepting it and seeing it as the new normal. And then you have God's children. Now, all of this I'm pointing out that God just kind of placed on my heart. And here we are, and we've, we've even witnessed it. So it's so important that we listen to our Father. And even when it's not popular, if he puts it on your heart to speak, speak it. And it doesn't mean it'll always be heard. Maybe that, And maybe the way you think it's to be said, maybe you learn as you go. You have to experiment. Sometimes he puts things on our heart not for us, not necessarily for the other person. Sometimes it's like a rebound. We speak it out, and what we get back is what we're supposed to learn from. Other times... We are supposed to do something not for ourselves, but for someone else. We don't understand, we can't see all the ways he works. But what's amazing is we must be obedient to him. And so here we are, literally at a moment in time, which I would say, yeah, we're pretty close to bifurcation, living it and in Exodus 2.0. Because we're all like, I mean, if you want to talk about Exodus 2.0, take a look at all the Exodus leaving the cities. Portland, Oregon lost $1.2 billion in revenue from taxation because that many people skedaddled out of the city and left. California sees a hemorrhage. We are seeing hemorrhages from every blue city. That's called exodus, by the way. So there's tremendous change. And it doesn't mean we always understand the full scope of the words that God gives us either. It's really quite amazing. So we're sitting here in this amazing place right now. And the biggest thing that has happened in this whole community happened after Bards Fest, and it's not by accident. We came there, and God put on my heart as we worked together to raise up in Bards Fest the warrior hearts of Christ. Okay, sounds good, God. We're, we're going to raise up the warrior hearts of Christ, which we did. And in the process, we had great speakers talking about this, Pastor Anthony, and we had, we had Mark speak, who has passed away, bless his soul. And we had Pastor Dave Bryant. We had Dr. Frank. We had Lou, from, who was the founder of, of, of Glad Tidings Church. We had Pastor Dave Bryant. We had Shemaine Nugent. We had Lieutenant Colonel Pete Chambers. And we had, like, one of the great talks was Sergeant Major Joe Vega. We had the Navajo Nation. with the vice president and his wife. We had, we had great moments of time, and we saw courage happen there. We heard the stories of courage. And so it should come as no surprise, especially as there was a peace made between First Nations and Last Nations, represented by Pastor Dave Bryant and Cheryl, his wife, and represented by Vice President Lizer and his wife, Dottie. 
And that those bridges were built. Those aren't small things. They, people will look at this and say, yeah, but it happened at Glad Tidings Church. Who cares? Heaven has no boundaries like that. We built the bridges in the Holy Spirit. And then what commission comes after that? It's the commission of Operation Vineyard, which you all know that we've talked through. I spent hours praying on it. We all prayed on it. And just look at the things that have manifest, that God has done, doors that only God could open. There's a, it's in process of being finished. It is a school in here in my county that has been going to be part of this program. It's going to be an Operation Vineyard Bars Nation School for Children with Art and Healing. That's already there. It's built. We have, we struggled. It's one of the things I prayed on was, Lord, how are we going to have the authorities? Because I even mentioned it on the show. I don't know how we're going to address the authorities yet for us to have the children in our holding. Boom, Jaron Jackson gets introduced to me, just like that. And the Lord brings him in, and we're now learning common law like we did yesterday. And as we learn common law, we're now learning how we have the authorities to do all this as long as we walk within the word of God and we apply the sovereign rules that are through common law into this land. But that means we have to relearn. And we have to relearn the way we see the world. This is being given new life, new eyes, new eyes to see. And, I, and the problem, I don't say problem, the challenge I think a lot of people have is I think we think that when we accept Christ, it's like, okay, I'm all done. Man, that's nothing. It's big, don't get me wrong. But I mean, that's like your first step in a journey that when you open up your eyes and let God lead you, the entire world transforms. And how exciting that is. Everything. I mean, I even look at myself and my own journey. People commented on it a lot. They're like, been with you for you know three and a half, four years, listened to all your shows, enjoyed the journey and walked the journey with you. Yes. And I think it's a beautiful testimony. I just know in myself, like the joy and the love of, of kingdom that has settled in, the power and authority that sits in my heart, the knowing of who I am as a child of the Most High, the mightiness that we have as we wield the authorities that Christ gave us in the loving heart and forgiving heart, as we stand up against evil and we reach out to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, do greater works than he, spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, and in the process, bring so many back to God. That is our great commission. And here we are walking this, walking it, trans, transforming our worlds around us, healing people. What greater, you know, if that's all you ever did, and someone said, okay, I've got this, I got bad news for you. I'd be like, what is it? All right, we just got word. Um, there's a, uh, dude, I'm sorry, there's a long waiting line for heaven. It's like, okay, and, well, Word is you're going to have to be stuck here for a while. You're going to have to be doing prayers and healing people. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, man? Like, let's kick it. Let's do more of it. Let's go. This, this is who we are. And when we walk with the love of Jesus, even the most atrocious things that come hitting at us, we're able to do a parry. If you know what a parry is, like the, you see a blow coming in, you step off the line of the attack, and then you counter move it. You don't want to let the enemy beat on you. If, you, if you're going to, this is, let me use that metaphor because I think it's really worth it. If you've ever done anything like martial arts and you've ever done anything like sparring or wrestling or anything like that, and even, women, I even include you, 
especially in this day and age. If I didn't include you, I'd probably get my tail whipped. By the way, the CEO of Project Veritas, Hannah Giles, is an MMA fighter. That's just pretty cool. So anyway. So here, here's where I'm going with this. When, you, when you're going to sit here and let the heaviness of the enemy beat on you, you are literally like you're standing in a ring and putting your hands up around your head and letting the enemy kick and wail on you and telling yourself, I can't wait until the round is over so I can sit on the bench and get a drink of water. That is literally literal insanity. We have got to pivot our position. When the enemy comes at us, we can get hit hard at times. Get a body blow that can knock the wind out of you. That's the physical element. But part of the training, like you do when you train for martial arts, when you train MMA, when you train boxing, is you do take those body blows and you learn after a while how to roll with the punches. That's a literal meaning. In spiritual space, that is the same thing. If you are not training in doing prayer and leaning into Christ and seeking his face and building an intimate relationship with him and using those authorities to heal the sick and heal the broken and cast out demons and those sorts of things and on and on. If you're not training, then you're not building up the strength in your spiritual positioning and your spiritual abilities. Everybody likes to say, yeah, you got to strengthen your armor. The armor means it's going to protect you from blows. I don't want to always be receiving blows. I want to beat the hell out of the enemy. Well, maybe beat the enemy to hell would be a better way of saying that. I get tired of the enemy beating on us. So when you're getting attacked and the enemy's coming at you, step off the line of attack. You feel the blow coming. You know the enemy's not going to give you one blow. They're going to give you multiples. Learn to identify the, the attacker. Understand when it's coming at you. Learn where to turn first. Boom. Like, okay, Lord, I just, I'm just i getting attacked. Jesus, help me take this burden off. Holy Spirit, need you in here. Let's hit it. And so you're going to step off the line of that, and then you're going to counterpunch. With the authorities based on me, I am rebuke this attack. More than that, I now, I now am going to contain you and rebuke you with the authorities given to me and cast you out in such a way that if you continue, Jesus, I'm handing them over to you, and if they continue to attack me, it doesn't matter. They're still going to be bound and gagged to speak the words, Jesus is Lord for eternity, and Jesus, if you get a chance, send them down to meet their, meet their master and find out how that works for them. So you see, we have the authorities, and when we embrace those authorities coming at us, the world doesn't take us over. And we've got to, we have to take power back. I, I say this because I talked a little bit about this on Saturday. When we go through these prayers, and we will pray, but I, I see a lot of prayers of weakness, of desperation, of I can't, I, I need help overcoming, I'm getting spiritually attacked. Why? Why are you getting spiritually attacked? I'm challenging it. I'm not saying you don't need reinforcements. I'm not saying we won't pray for you, but I want to challenge the question. Why are you getting spiritually attacked? I mean, seriously, I mean, if you've got authorities and you're walking as a child of the most high 
and you've got the armor of God. I just want to stress that point, the armor of God. It's not yours. You didn't go to Walmart to buy it. He didn't get it off of Amazon to send it to you. It's God's armor he gave to you to wear. I'm trying to figure out what in the heck can get through it. And what happens is that we ourselves, many times because we're we're wrapped in our guilt, our fear and anxieties, we're cracking open those armor places because the armor is based on the purity of who we are, our sinless nature in a corrupted and fallen world in which we walk. Hence the reason repentance is part of the normal process of life, heal and seal, heal the wound and seal the armor. So as we are moving through this fight and we hear like, oh, the enemy's coming at me, the enemy's coming at me, the enemy's coming at me. Okay. Well, first of all, congratulations. And I mean this. I'm literally, I, I'm just going to start saying this for now on. Someone's going to see like, I'm getting besieged by the enemy. I think I'm just going to say congratulations. And of course, they're going to be like, what are you talking about? Because if the enemy's coming at you that hard in that many ways, it means you're doing something that's pissing them off. So congratulations. Now let's go stomp them. And once you get that in your head and you understand that you have the authorities, then you're going to start seeing the change in tide. You're going to start seeing the enemies run away. You know, so, we, you know, we deal with these school boards. I've said this all along. And I'll tell you, honestly, I just haven't gotten in part because I haven't had the time to go down and wail on school boards with prayer. But I mean, how many times do we see people go into the school boards and literally as a group sing him and pray and rebuke demons? Nope. Instead, we get a single speaker up there talking to school boards and talking about faith and so forth and what's wrong. You're, you're talking on the physical plane to a bunch of demons that are sitting here laughing at you, that are manipulating these meat puppets that are sitting behind the, the bat, the, these, these chairs and desks. So if we rebuke the demons and we cast them out and we go on the offensive and we start singing him in prayer, we bringing in the power of the Holy Spirit, what's going to happen is these meat puppets that were being hand puppeted by the demons are suddenly going to find out that they don't have their demon army behind them because the demons are going to take off running, most of them anyway. And even if you get one that manifests, then let it manifest, baby, because everybody's going to be like, what is that? And you're going to be like, that's a demon. Don't worry about it. I got it under control. You're going to be like, that person's working around on the floor like a snake. Yeah, it is because he's possessed by his, by a serpent, serpent demon. Don't worry about it. We got it under control. Then you rebuke him. You call for Jesus. The demon comes out. The person stands up and goes, what happened? You're like, I just rebuked a demon. You're like, oh, thank you. Would you like to accept Jesus? Yes, I'd love to accept Jesus. Boom, you win. Just like that. So I'm telling you, we've got to change the nature in which we fight. And we've got to get on the true offensive and love when you're doing it. The loving and forgiving heart. I've talked about this for months. I keep going back to it because when you stand there, it's literally a joy. You're taking on demons. You're like hitting them with love. You're like, hey, brother, I love who's in there. I don't like the demon. You're going. But either way, I got news for you. Jesus is going to deal with you. We're going to rebuke you. And if you continue, not only are you rebuked, but you are gagged and committed forever to speak the words, Jesus is Lord, because I direct you. I have the authorities given to me, given to me by my Savior, Jesus, in his blood. I, I commit you to that. Boy, demons don't like that. 
And when you're smacking them down like that, left and right, and you're walking in everywhere you go with that level of authority, and you're pushing the, the Holy Spirit, and you're speaking the word Jesus, and you're calling for the, the gospel of Jesus to be heard in the many different ways we can do that, you see, this is how we change everything. This is Gideon. 300 changes the world. So I'm bringing all of this in context because this is literally spiritual warfare at the finest level. When we start to reach into this where spiritual warfare, we're walking with Jesus. So I want to kind of close with this point that I was going to make. And it's the point of what God put in my heart yesterday. We're at a very different point in this war now, and I've been praying on this a lot now, and it's becoming extremely clear. The time is now to accept Christ. We are coming to something big. I don't know if it's tomorrow. I don't know if it's 10 years from now. God's time is not my time. It's not your time. But these words just resonated so powerfully yesterday. They can't be here anymore. They can't be here anymore. See, Patriots, yesterday when I made that decision to get rid of all my cattle, except for my new bull, it was based on one steer that jumped over the fence, a metal fence, crushed it like it was a piece of tin metal, 1,200-pound animal that almost rolled over the father of the guy that runs cattle with me. I watched an animal literally go nuts and almost deadly injure a human being. And as I observed the other, there was three more. There there was a total of three that were really that way. And there were all the others that I had, except for three that I had purchased from just to be butchered this year. They were all that level of agitation. And all the ones that were at that way came from the cows that I had bought a year ago. See, in that moment, It was, and I've reflected on this a lot in prayer today. It's as if the Holy Spirit put its hand on me and said, now we do the right thing. And in a matter of minutes, everything changed. I turned to Brody, the guy that runs the cattle with me. I said, we can't bring those calves back to the property. They're too agitated. He says, well, I can probably sell them. I said, make it so, sell them. And then I looked at Brody again. I said, Brody, we need to sell all the cows up on the field except for the bull. He said, I'll make a couple calls. And I'll see what I can do, but I think we can get them sold. I pick up the phone. I call Terry Anderson. Terry Anderson is on a Sunday. Didn't expect to get hold of him. Was leaving him a message to know that, Terry, this is the guy I bought the bull from. Fantastic breeder. Wonderful animals. I said, Terry. And I went to call him. I called him. He picks up the phone. Scott, how are you doing? He says, I'm just now herding in some of my new cattle. It sends me this beautiful picture way up in the mountains in eastern Oregon, this incredible view of the landscape and this group of cattle. He said, I think you're going to like what you see. He says, we'll have cattle for you in about four to five weeks. And then he says, Scott, you just made a great decision. And this is something Terry told me back in the spring. Sell your cattle. Help me, re- help me build you a good genetic line. Those are key words. We'll come back to them. And I said, okay. And he says, sometimes it takes people 40 years to get where you just got in a few months. You understand the importance of it will help you build a herd you can be proud of. Now see, Terry's a Christian, traditional, beautiful rancher, the type of people I wish we had so many more of. And in that exchange, 
the words, they can't be here anymore, all made sense. See, we're at a point right now where we have people destroying the little ones. We have people that are reveling in the idea of raping children, exposing children to the most horrific things, enjoying watching people have their rights taken away so they can revel in their power. We have these maniacal thinking people that think that they must be obeyed like gods. And these words again, they can't be here anymore. So what does that mean? It means that something big is coming, patriots. It means that now more than ever, we need to bring people to Jesus. It means the game is up and the time clock is running out. And we're down to the 11th hour and the end of the fourth quarter. And it's ticking down where I think we're even past the two-minute warning. And the point of this is we have a commission from God. Spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Heal the sick and the, and the broken. Cast out demons. Raise the dead and do greater works than he. And more than ever right now, that commission is on top of that commission is Rescue, heal, and restore. This is where we are. And those words, they can't be here anymore. My herd's gone. That cow that went crazy, that steer that went crazy, today, he's at the butcher's, hanging. The other one that was with him, right alongside, 580 pounds weight after skin out. And the rest of them, the rest of those four more of them, they'll join them over the next two weeks. And those calves, they've already been taken up to the yard, weighed, and they'll be sold. They're just waiting for the check. And those cows, which we had so many problems with over this last year, they're already in the process of being sold. And what comes is a new seed. And that's the key. We must accept Jesus because we must renew the seed, both spiritually and physically, because the time is now. And that means we have a lot of work to do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that we come, and thank you, Father, constantly for the messages and wisdom that you put upon us and share with us and give us to see, with eyes to see that only you can provide. Father, the joy and the love of Christ that flows within us, we just are in such awe and such praise. The world that's around us as we look around and we say, Lord, my goodness, you've made this world. It's perfect in all ways if we can have eyes to see, and equally eyes to see how it has been corrupted and how we willingly participate. Father, forgive us for our deviations and our sins, for sins said and unknown or known. We seek repentance for those places as we put ourselves before the throne humbly and we say, Lord, thank you for being such a loving Father. Father, we are in a moment of time when we realize that the clock is ticking and there are yet so many that walk in the oblivion of not even knowing you or understanding the importance of knowing you. So whatever is your plan, Father, we just ask that 
we can continue to have the opportunity, as many as much as you can put before us, to pray, to wield the sword of the Spirit, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, to love thy neighbor, and to do so as Christ would want us to do, to understand the eyes and see the eyes of pure evil and separate that from those that are under the influence of evil, to heal the sick and the broken, to cast out demons, raise the dead, and, oh Lord, to do greater works than he. And Jesus, we just ask that you'll continue to just walk with us, teach us, guide us, and then we, as we continue to move forward here to aspire and to do greater than we could possibly ever imagine, all by the guidance and teaching of your hand. So thank you, Lord. Humbly, we say thank you before the throne. Grateful for such a merciful Father that we have, such a loving Father. And so, Father, the door is open. Please come in. Please take a seat at the table and please join me to dine. Thank you. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Patriots, open that door. Invite him in. Break bread and celebrate the joy, the love, and the life that he's given. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for bended knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest end. Oh, I want to feel something. Get back in my body